you have reached our answering machine service. And yes, I know you will not be able to leave a message. Our voicemail is full as well as everything else here in this house. I'm not answering the phone right now because I am most likely running errands with four kids in tote or dressing kids, bathing kids, feeding kids, changing diapers, cleaning up after kids, doing homework with kids, discussing with kids why we do not jump off furniture, or trying to get the kids and the babies to sleep. I do have caller ID though, so when I get done with doing all of these other things, I will check it to see if it appears that I have missed an emergency. And if I have, I will call you back. Thank you for calling and have a great day. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Uplift Effect podcast. My name is Jill and I am the host of this podcast and I am thankful you are here today. Happy Monday. Today, I am going to share with you uh, a little bit about how I discovered that I maybe accidentally discovered that I needed a pivot and a change and how I did a few things as a parent. Today, I'm going to take a break from the conversations you have heard recently, which have been more sports related, and I am going to talk about what a full answering machine taught me about my priorities. And it wasn't one of my finer uh, moments of life, honestly, but it was a really important time of my life and this recognition that I needed to make a pivot. The recognition that I needed to change a few things about how I was interacting with my kids because it was telling them something about my priorities. So I'm going to share that with you today and I hope that you listen to it at the, to the very end because there's a few things at the very end that I talk about, about what to say yes to because that's also important. It's not just about what we turn down and say no to. It's also what we say yes to. What you just heard was a reenactment that I put together of an answering machine message that I had on my answering machine many years ago. So let's roll back just a minute. For those of you who are much, much younger, you may not have realized that, you know, back in the day before we had cell phones, we had home phones. And a home phone had to have an answering machine box that you would leave a message and tell people to leave you um, a message back after the beep. And my voicemail on my answering machine had gotten full. And it was full because my life was too full. I was raising four children, three of which were four and younger. And even maybe I think at this time, I only had three kids And I had a two and a three-year-old and I was pregnant with my fourth. As you can imagine, things were really stressful during that time. My oldest had homework. He had what I call parent projects, maybe otherwise known as like science projects. And there was all kinds of things that he was needing. He was old enough to be playing sports during that time. But I had all of these other kids in tow and... We had multiple physical therapy appointments during the week. And you know how it is when you have kids. It's like they're always sick. You're at the doctor's office all the time. I was a stay-at-home mom during that time. And here is where some of this got very complicated. For those of you who are stay-at-home moms, 
I think you might can relate. I think this does happen some to working moms, but maybe not as much. When you are a stay-at-home mom, people assume that you have nothing else to do. I don't know why they assume that. I was a stay-at-home mom for a reason. It wasn't because I had nothing to do and had a lot of extra time. But for some reason, when we are stay-home moms, we think that means that we should be more available. If you have a personality type that is a little bit more bent towards being a people pleaser, this really can be problematic. Whether you're a working mom or a stay-at-home mom, this is challenging. And I happen to be a recovering people pleaser. At that time, I was not recovering. Um, But I began to recognize, and that answering machine message was really the pivotal point of where I began to recognize something had to change. Now, as a therapist, I have uh, more eloquent language for it, and I'm going to give you my thoughts about it. And it sounds like this. Our priorities are felt and seen and understood by how our attention is allocated. I'm going to say it again. Our priorities as a parent are felt, seen, and understood by how our attention is allocated. I had reached a point when the kids were really young and I had all of these babies where when the phone rang... Suddenly, I felt as if I had to answer it, and that became first priority. And I would be on the phone for 45 minutes, trying to juggle with the kids at the same time, asking them to be quiet, telling them to hold on a minute, constantly interrupting the phone call to get the kids situated. Sometimes I was feeding them while the phone I was on the phone, trying to manage that. And I'd get off the phone, have a few minutes, whatever. The phone would ring again, and I would be back to answering the phone again, and I would be juggling that again. Then somebody would ring the doorbell, sometimes all at the same time. And up the Schwann's guy was here, so I had to manage that. And, And I was just always juggling all of these other distractions. Now, I want to be very clear. I am not suggesting that you do nothing else in your life but tend to your kids. That would not be healthy, it's not realistic, and it's not something that is going to serve anybody well in the long run. But I had to come to a point where I realized that a ringing phone was just a ringing phone. That the invita- or the need for an extra volunteer in the nursery was just an open slot that needed a volunteer and did not obligate me to take it just because there was a need there. Just because we got an invitation to a birthday party didn't mean we were obligated to go. It was just an invitation. And yet I allowed a lot of these other things to dictate how we did life. And we were running and juggling and going to and from all the time. And the reality is, is that I was exhausted. And you know what that is, is a recipe for disaster when you have all of these young kids because exhaustion means I'm not going to be my best self. I'm going to bark at the kids, fuss at them, and 
I am going to resent things that normally I would enjoy. It also means that I wasn't always very present with my kids. I had to make an adjustment. I had to pivot. And that answering machine message that I left was a big deal for me. And people would joke. And as I was around town and, and at church and school and whatever, they're like, we called your house. And like your answering machine is like hysterical. Like, you know, I couldn't leave a message. It's full. And I was like, yeah, um, that's kind of intentional. I can't take any more in. Um, it indefinitely, it felt like that every time they could leave a message, it was because they were asking something. <laughs> and so I just allowed it to stay full. And do you know how freeing that was? It was so freeing to set some boundaries and say, we're full to the max and we're busting at the seams. And I really can't take on any more projects. I can't volunteer for one more thing. Because my priority is found in how I allocated my attention. Here's the other thing we know, psychologically speaking, about our children. Is that their sense of self-worth, their self-identity, how they understand their value in this world is born and grown out of a relationship that develops with their parents. And how they understand themselves will stem from how they experienced the relationships within their home with us first. It's the foundational part of where their own identity starts. So while I am not suggesting that our children are our only priority and that they should always be the first priority in all circumstances, I'm not suggesting that. For many of you, our marriages would be that priority. I'm a single parent of four children, so I don't have that. But for many of you, you do. That marriage is foremost, front and center, one of your most important priorities. And I know that we all have to have a job and we've got to navigate that and we've got to pay the bills. And we've got to get figured out how to do those things. But I will also tell you this. I have parents very frequently talk about the difficulty they are finding in balancing all of the commitments that they made intentionally or sometimes accidentally and how to really spend quality time and attention with their children. See, this is one of the things that I really feel passionate about because as I now have children who are in high school, I have three kids in high school and then one in college. I now see that my relationship with them is as it is because of the pivots and the changes I made way back then. I have very good, solid relationships with my children and my teenagers, my young adult children and and my teenagers, because I evaluated what was going on when they were very young. And I was sure that what I wanted them to say is I never questioned where I stood with my mom 
because she was present and she was available. And I always know and knew that I mattered to her and she would stop whatever was going on to help me. What I know is that the children I have worked with and the young, um, the, the teenagers and young adults that I have worked with over the years that have struggled with their relationship with a parent often describe their relationships with that parent as being very absent. That they were always at work, always, this happens a lot in churches, they were always involved in, in the ministry, um, always involved in, in, in some very oftentimes admirable work, but they were not available physically, emotionally, and they weren't present with their kids. And therefore, it creates some confusion in that child and they're unsure about where they really stand in the lives of their parent. And it can really create some identity crises for our kids and role confusion, particularly when that parent then says, as they often do, my kids are my, my pride and joy or my greatest you know responsibility or greatest priority, but yet the behavior doesn't show that and it doesn't back that up. One of the things that I have always believed is that change first comes from awareness. And so I would ask you to reflect a bit on how you are feeling about some of these things. Very often for me, when I feel out of alignment, I usually physically feel it. I have a nagging sense of something's not right. My stomach gets upset. I'm not sleeping well. I'm more agitated. Um, my patience is, is very thin. And something isn't well within my soul. And I need to spend some time sorting that out. And that's one of the things that became a red flag for me way back when. It was also the conversations that I started hearing in my head. I heard how many times I was telling my kids to wait a minute. I'll be with you in a minute. Give me just a minute. Not right now. And I was saying that way too often. Now, if I had been smart enough, I could have allocated a specific time. You see, when this number on this clock shows up and it's three o'clock, Everything will shut down and we are going to read some books or play a game or go play hide and seek or whatever the deal may be. And I could then at two o'clock say, hey guys, listen, we've got a little bit of time. I need you to color or play with the Play-Doh or whatever, because at three o'clock, I'm going to shut all this other stuff down and you and I will be having one-on-one -on -one time that's not distracted. If I was smart enough to have done that at first, I probably would not have found myself in the situation I was in. I then began to realize I needed to do that. And so that is one of the adjustments I made. But it started with the an awareness, a self-awareness that physically was bothering me first and an unrest spirit, as well as then the story, the um, narration that I started hearing 
in my head. Like I continued to hear how often I was saying this to my kids. The other thing that also was a red flag to me, just FYI, is that my children's behavior was getting worse. I was having bigger issues more often um, than not having behavior problems and they were getting louder and more frequent. That was a direct correlation to the amount of time that I, in fact, was not spending with them. They were craving my attention and they needed that interaction with me. And I, for a while, was missing it. I spent more time correcting them and disciplining them and less time interacting and playing with them. Once I made that switch, a lot of the behavior issues that I had been struggling with and was not seeing progress, time out was useless. Once I started spending more quality time with them, a lot of the problems and the struggles started to slow down, not be as frequent, and they were more manageable because the children were not craving my attention as much because they were getting it. So I bring this to your attention today simply because there have been multiple times in my life, it has happened in a variety of stages, not just that one time, when I went through a divorce, that was a really pivotal time where I had to intentionally limit the external distractions and turn in and focus in. And I spent a lot of time with my children. And I believe it has made a significant difference in how my children navigated a divorce and a relocation out of state. I'm not saying that it was like perfectly smooth. I'm just saying, I think they did as best as any four kids could do. But we had to make a pivot again when I had three boys all playing sports and I was dragging my daughter around in those uh, buggies, <laughs> those pull behind buggies. That's where she took all her naps and we were running to and from all over the place and I was in graduate school trying to juggle all of that. I didn't have time to be on the PTA. I couldn't be the homeroom mom. I could not volunteer to organize the Christmas party. And by that point, I had learned where the boundaries had to be. I now had graduate school, and that was very demanding when you're a single parent raising four kids, three of which who were all playing sports. And so I did a better job more quickly recognizing up anticipatory kind of in that sense. Ah, this is going to be one of those moments where I'm going to have to be really careful that I don't overcommit. Because when I overcommit, I end up struggling and my kids pay the price for it. So I hope this brings some awareness today, a reminder that it's okay to say no. One of the best things we can do is to teach our children. It's funny because we fuss at them. It's usually the first words that they ever say. But it actually can be one of the most valuable things that they're going to need as they grow up is to recognize that boundaries are important and that that is okay. And sometimes we need to learn to say no. 
or we need to say, I recognize that that is important, but I just can't commit to one more thing right now. But thank you for asking. And to go on about our day knowing that while those things are good and there's nothing wrong with all of those things, but it just isn't the right time right now. There will come a day, though those of you who have young children, you may not see this yet, but I can tell you that your children will be in kindergarten eventually, and then they're going to end up in middle school, and then in high school, and then in college. And there's going to come a time where you're going to have all the time in the world (laughs) to do all of those other things that are very admirable. And matter of fact, you probably would love to volunteer for the nursery at church because you miss those times of snuggling little babies and you won't resent it. And you can still volunteer at your local school. You can still be involved with kids in a variety of ways and volunteer for all of the extra things you can still do it. Now, one thing I also wanted to say, there are things that we should say yes to. And I discovered that volunteering to be the track and cross country coach for my oldest child was a huge, huge time commitment. And it was exhausting. And I did it for multiple years, but it was time well spent because it was something I was doing with my child and my relationship with him was so good because we had that component that many moms and sons don't ever get to have. And I consider it, and I think he does too, a blessing to have had. That was a commitment that I made That was time and attention well spent. It was consistent with my priorities. Yes, I had to juggle my three other kids, but you know what? They ended up running and doing track and doing um, all kinds of things in that regard too with summer programs that I coached also. And so it was fun to coach my kids. That was a priority and a commitment that I made that though it was exhausting, It was something I was doing with them and it was time that was well spent in my relationship with my kids, I believe is so much better because of things like that, that I did say yes to. I hope this helps you reevaluate some things. If something is is not feeling in alignment uh, for you to take some time to reflect back to look at what's really going on. There's a day and time where your job, where you can work 60 hours and you can climb a corporate ladder, but maybe that's not now. Maybe it is, but maybe it isn't. Look at what is draining your time and your attention and your energy and be real sure that it's consistent with your priorities, whatever those are. And if it's not, I ask you to take a hard look at what you once said 
about you down the road. As for me, I want my children to always be able to say, I never questioned my mom's priorities and I never questioned how she felt about us or about me specifically because her attention and how she prioritized her time was consistent with me knowing that I was one of the greatest pleasures and joys of her life. That's what I want my kids to say about me. And if they're going to say that, it's going to have to be found in where my attention and my energy is spent and allocated. It's priorities. Thank you so much for listening to the Uplift Effect podcast. I hope this has helped you today. I hope it's a fresh reminder. And I would love to hear if this stirs something up inside of you. My email address will be connected in the show notes. And I would love to hear back from you. Or you can send me a DM. I'm on all the social media sites. And I would love to know what kinds of struggles you are facing how you're navigating those and ideas that you have come up with to make a pivot if that's what's needed. Have a wonderful rest of your week and until next time, bye-bye.